The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, you heard me right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, can you even imagine living a life of peace every day? Heck, can you even imagine living a life of peace every hour? Just being in that state of being. Imagine what we could get accomplished, the love that we could give out, the love that we could receive. I mean, it would be amazing. Well, I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can achieve it. Listen, I am the mom of two busy young people, one in high school, one in college. I work full time as a pharmacist. I run a business, Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I host this amazing show and I travel doing these workshops and keynote speaking. My life is busy, just like yours. And guess what? Busy people get to have peace every day, too. Yes, we do. It takes a village to do absolutely everything. So guess what? We're so lucky. There is no shortage of people around us. And we have somebody fabulous with us today who's going to tell us how to have peace in our relationships. You know, we're always talking about balance, balance and what I call the big three, health, wealth, and relationship. Today, we're talking about relationships, peace in our relationships. You know how your life feels when you have turmoil in your relationship. It's like nothing seems to go quite right. So we want to get that we want to get that together. But before we get to our guests, I want to tell you a little bit about what's been going on in the life of Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I want to say Birmingham to you with love. We were just left Birmingham. April 20th was our uh, self-love explosion event at the Red Mountain Cabaret Theater in Birmingham, Alabama. An amazing venue. If you get to Birmingham, I highly recommend you get by that theater. The guests were even more amazing. Our time together was transformative. This is the self-love explosion tour. Watch out for future dates. We could be coming to a city near you. You don't want to miss that. Self-love is the foundation for which you build every other relationship. 
get ready to take care of yourself is super duper important. Then we have going on in the life of, in the world of everyday peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I have a three steps to improve the quality of your life now virtual video course available to help you create, guess what? Balance, balance. That's the word of the day, the word of our lifetime. Balance, we need balance in the big three, health, wealth, and relationship. Three steps to improve the quality of your life is available for you now. You can pick up that training video. It's three, three sets of videos, and you can pick that up by going to bit.ly forward slash three steps, quality of life. Or you can simply text 44222, quality of life. You don't want to miss that. And of course, I've got to tell you, my book, that tiny little book that will transform your life, Freedom is Your Birthright is available on Amazon.com. It's all about us, guys. And it has to be. It has to be. Because we are so important. We are so important to the fabric of this journey called life. When we love on ourselves through self-development, we create a better life experience for ourselves and those who happen to share space with us. So talking about relationships... Anybody had a relationship here lately? Of course we do. We're all, we, we can't escape relationships. We're in relationships all the time, whether it's with our significant other, people on our job, our children, aging parents. Relationships are all around us. There is no shortage of people on the planet Earth. And that means that relationships can be seen as a resource that is a, an abundant supply. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be amazing to learn how to work with this resource so that it becomes an asset in our lives? Now, according to our fabulous guest today, Guy Finley, relationships are the most abundant resource on the planet, but they are also the least used resource. Amazing that. Imagine that we got something that's in abundant supply and we're not utilizing it. We're not getting the maximum return on, on that supply. Well, today he is going to help us to understand the purpose of these relationships in our lives and how to improve our relationships so that we can create, get that word, we can create, we can create, we are are the determining factor, we can create meaningful connections. Our guest, Guy Finley, has written over 40 books, including best-selling self-help book, The Secret of Letting Go. Guy is the director of the Life and Learning Foundation. Guy Finley, welcome to the Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James show. We are super excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Drayvon. And may I call you Drayvon, or is that... uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy to be called Drayvon. And may I call you Guy? (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Finley. Yeah, you call me anything you want. (laughs) When I got your book, Relationship Magic, I I absolutely love the name. Relationships and Magic just got me right there. But it was that second thing, waking up together. Mm. Longevity has its place, especially when in in a heart like mine when it comes to relationships. And I thought, is there a magical thing, some magical thing? And of course, I've been studying this since the age of 17. We won't talk about how old I am now. But <laughs> so I know that the magic the, is all with inside of us. But it was such, it's such a warm and comforting title, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together. The title implies that this 
thing called relationship is doable. It's doable. With a little tweaking. Is that what you meant to imply with that title? I would just amplify it a little bit, Drayvon, and say it's not just doable. It's dependable. We can begin to understand with our partners, our significant other, uh, whoever that person or that moment may be, because we've all heard the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And the real teacher in every moment is the relationship that we have with that moment and whomever may be in it with us. So when we can begin to realize that we are given this unbelievable resource that is the heart of self-revelation, we can also start to realize we have a gold mine that we don't even know how to get into, let alone take the riches out of it. And by gold mine, you mean the, the gold mine being the relationship? The gold mine being the true purpose of our relationship, Strayvon, which is simply this. There is no moment in our life where we are not looking out through our eyes, our ears open, our heart hopefully receptive, that something doesn't pass in front of us. I look outside at this gorgeous spring morning in southern Oregon, and all of the oak trees have opened their leaves for the first time in months, and they all have this light-colored green that's backlit by the sun. And that relationship in the moment introduces me to aspects of my own consciousness that without that color, light, and form unfolding in the moment before me, I wouldn't know that lives inside of me. So that every relationship is the revelation of an order of our own consciousness that we are intended to realize. So relationships are the path of self-realization. They are the way we discover all that is true, good, and all that must be let go of in ourselves. And that leads me to the reason why I really love the title of this book. When I read the book from cover to cover and I went back and I said, oh, he's a genius. Because the book title, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, this is not a physical journey. This is a spiritual journey. This is a spiritual awakening. And it's amazing. And it's just not uh, romantic relationships. It's every relationship with everything. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. To start recognizing that this life of ours is not a race to win. It is, as a great man once told me, a school for our higher education. And once we start to understand that it is, in fact, a spiritual journey, then we realize that our relationships, their true intention is to reveal to us qualities, characters that live within our consciousness that first, the beauty of a moment with someone or something, we go, oh man, I call it the first stage of love. Woohoo! This is unbelievable. You, my partner, my friend, this moment, are stirring in me and awakening in me stuff I just love to see. And that's the best of me. But the book serves this purpose of realizing for the reader that 
these moments that we love where we're introduced to parts of ourselves that are fully noble and good cannot be brought to an end when a relationship introduces us to parts of ourselves that summarily push away the revelation so that without the discovery of what is uh, concealed in us, a limitation that only exists because we don't know about it, without the revelation, we are going to remain a captive of a level of consciousness that keeps us bound and out of the love we're meant to know and have. Guy, I, and I wanted to stay right there for just one minute. That's when you talk about these different steps. Step one is you bring out the best in me, right? That's, that's the right. honeymoon. That's that honeymoon kind of phase when, you know, you're up on the phone three o'clock in the morning, you know, and uh, <laughs> all that stuff. I think, you know, I, I can't think about that artist. I know you were, you were an artist, uh, with, I think Motown at one point, right? Was that yes, I was. <laughs> And, you know, who was who was that artist? You know, three, something's going wrong, three o'clock up in the, in the morning on the telephone. Can't think of that song. But but it, it, when I was thinking about this, I said, you get that phase when you're this honeymoon phase when, you know, you bring out, I could almost read your mind and your good thoughts and on almost anything and everything is forgivable in that phase. Right. You know, yeah. you could see, you know, in in the I frequently visit a unity church and there's a phrase that I absolutely touches me in the deepest parts of my heart when they say it is that I behold the Christ in you. And in that step one or that phase one of relationship, you truly do behold the Christ in someone, no matter what they do wrong, you can see the good behind it. You can see their wonderful and pure intentions, right? But then there is step two, (laughs) phase two. (laughs) And you, you called it, you bring out the you, you you said, I think, you bring out the rest of me. And I said, oh, I call that you bring out the worst in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, this is, it's so beautiful to talk about and have a sense of humor about it because the fact is that, and to the heart of my book, is that we really don't yet understand the full-blown mystery of the way love works in our life to bring us together for the purpose of bringing about an integration so that the separation that so harmful and causes so much suffering disappears. We know the best of ourselves when we first fall in love. I call it the woo-hoo stage. The boo-hoo stage is when now those things that I look past in you I suddenly can't look past, and I want to blame you for my reaction to the reality of your nature. Instead of recognizing that love exists not just to make us feel good about ourselves, but to help us see where there are parts of us that want to run away from seeing what's in us that's keeping us apart. Shall I give an example of this? Yes, please. A perfect example is when we first start with whatever it is, a job, a new partner, something we're enamored with, we look past every obstacle because our hearts and minds are set on the good that we imagine we're going to get from that relationship. So we are experiencing, by and large, our own aspirations, 
our own uh, highest hopes that this thing is going to uh, uh, turn out to be a real triumph for us. But as push comes to shove, and it must, then little by little, and we all know this stage, our partner begins to say or do manifest certain things that were before we look past them, now they're a problem for us. At that point, we begin to want to point out to our partner what we see as their limitation. And here's the point. The thing that is bothering us about our partner may or may not be some character misunderstanding, something that is yet healed in them and that lashes out to hurt us. But the truth is what we are really looking at in that moment without knowing it isn't our partner's limitation. It is an expectation in our own consciousness about our partner that when it isn't fulfilled, we get bummed, we get angry or frustrated because now our partner is no longer fulfilling the role we assigned them in the beginning of our relationship. So our real pain, our real limitation is the demand we don't know we are bringing into that moment with us. Okay, so that demand that we don't know, so, you know, and it's, I've been talking about our conversation in mixed circles for over a week, getting the feel and the pulse for what people really feel when they hear this title. And it brings to mind sort of a idea that I've gotten from people that there is like this soulmate out there that, that this is what people are telling me. They, they feel like they're supposed to connect with somebody. So is it that demand that you're making for that other person to quote unquote complete you? Um, yes, very much so, Drayvon. And this is a great question. It'll open a beautiful door for us to walk through here together. I think that, as I said, that we don't fully understand the mystery of love. You know the old spiritual story about the five uh, men, each whom were blindfolded and introduced to an elephant and asked to describe the elephant? Do you know that story? I don't, and, no. Well, one, one man walked up and grabbed the, the leg and said, well, it's a, it's a large leather stool. And another grabbed the trunk and said, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a hose because they're all blindfolded. Another grabs the tail and says, you guys don't know what you're talking about. It's a whisk broom. So each of them grab a part of the elephant, and because they can't see the whole of it, can only describe what they're experiencing based on their past knowledge of similar things. Fortunately, along comes a wise man and says, take off your blindfold. What you are describing is only a part of the whole of the creature. Now you can see what you couldn't understand before. It isn't an inanimate object. It is a living creature, and all you've known is a part of it. This is such a beautiful description of our present level of consciousness when it thinks about love. We are not the creators of love. We did not bring our significant other into our life, nor did they bring us into theirs. We are brought together with our partner 
by something greater than either of us that yet wants us to know the greatness that dwells in our heart through that relationship. So that love brings us together with whatever it is that we love so that on one hand we can realize, oh my God, there is a third partner in this relationship. There is this living Christ. There is this perfect love, this unity that has brought us together so that on one hand we can celebrate and discover together through this relationship this abiding, timeless quality, but also through this same thing that brought us together to see where it is that only together we can see where parts of us are keeping us apart because of a misunderstanding about the nature of love, including what it will reveal to us about ourselves sometimes that we just don't want to see. That part right there, the parts of ourselves that we don't want to see. And yeah. as I read your book, and, and I and I believe these are my beliefs as well, it resonated with me, really it did, is that all relationships, including our romantic relationships, I think it's harder to see it in the romantic relationships because they're so intimate and they're so close, but they're all here to teach us about us. Amen. Right. That's the point of this relationship. So I'm going to learn more about me. And unfortunately, most of the learning occurs in the valley, right, through the struggle. <laughs> That's when we learn a lot about ourselves is when Yea-do we're in those. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Yea, though I see these things about myself, that if I could let this cup pass in the moment, God knows I would. But love is telling me that if I want to be a truer, better, loving human being, I have to let the light of this revelation reveal what's been concealed in me so that I'm released from it and my partner and I can go on to realize higher, truer relationships because now it's no longer limited by the demands of the past. But that's where people struggle, don't you think, is that they really... My sister and I used to have this phrase, we used to say it all the time, you know, uh, when you live in a physical world, you often squint, you know, squint your eyes when you look at yourself, because you're judging yourself by yeah. uh, your, your the things that you did wrong, and, and you, you can't see the beauty in yourself, especially when you get in that you bring out the rest of me phase, you start judging yourself, and then because it hurts to judge yourself, you put all the blame on the other person. Yes, that's precise. And even even a little deeper still is that, and I'm, 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 I'm praying that everyone listening to us will see what I'm going to say now. If I can suddenly, by the grace of God, see in myself something that has been a stumbling block for decades, let's say I'm touchy, super sensitive, and my whole life I said, well, the reason I'm like this is because people just don't know what a beautiful person I am inside, when the fact of the matter is that through some experience I never understood earlier on, I carry around this super sensitivity, this demand that no one ever say anything derogatory, passive-aggressive about me, and it interferes with every relationship I have because I'm always standing on the side of trying to demand respect instead of seeing that you can't demand respect, you win it by being respectful. So that in that moment, if I can, 
I recognize my God. My whole life I have carried around this old piece of baggage that was born out of a bitterness I never understood. And now by the grace of another light, by a level of consciousness that before I was not present to, it's showing me I've been in prison. And that fact, Drayvon, means that in that moment, by the light literally of Christ, by the light of another mansion in the kingdom, I can see the lower kingdom. And that allows me to recognize, oh my God, that is never who I was. I don't have to judge myself. I just have to see the fact of it and be freed of that part of myself by dying to it on the spot. Then I literally am reborn in another level of understanding that is no longer troubled by judging itself for being less than it imagines it's supposed to be. I love that point, and I want to stay with that for a moment because I got questions. <laughs> and I hope that the listeners, uh, I hope I'm resonating with some of the questions that they may have. And I just want, the concept is beautiful because, and that's a great example. You're touchy, you're demanding respect, and it's isolating you a little bit because people can't really communicate with you freely because you have this barrier up. And so what do you do with the relationship. Okay. So you see this about yourself. You two questions. How do you get over that barrier? Because when you get over that barrier, you go to another level of greatness within yourself. So how do you get over the touchy barrier, whatever it is that that's been exposed, that's, that's been exposed to you? A great question. Let's use something very practical to see something that's very high in principle. Um, I don't know how others are, but I imagine we're pretty much cut from the same cloth. And we all know we should exercise, keep our bodies healthy. But when it comes time to actually exercise the body, there's something in us and says, like Winston Churchill, as soon as the thought comes to exercise, I sit down until it passes. So that we, <laughs> so, so we know the body doesn't want to exercise. It just doesn't. And because we know, meaning another part of us is wiser than our body's resistance, we know we have to take our body through its resistance so that when we finally get to exercise, this, it's going, well, this isn't that bad. I'm kind of glad I did it. Now, if it's true that we have an innate resistance in the moment to even exercising our physical body, how much more so is that innate resistance to the revelation we're talking about. So let's say that I've begun to suspect that I'm more on the defensive than on being open oh, when I'm around. Guy, we're going we're gonna to hold that thought. We're getting ready to go to commercial break. We're going to come back and talk about how do we get over these stumbling blocks in our lives. This is Guy Finley on the Everyday Peace Show. Stay with us. We're fixing relationships today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, 
We hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with sound healer Terry Wilder and Mystical Gong Meditations. Stop for a minute and take a breath. Ram Das is quoted as saying, Remember, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Take a minute for yourself and just breathe. Give yourself this minute of meditation. Prayer is talking to the universe. Meditation is listening to it. Just breathe. To hear more healing gong meditations, visit terrywilder.com. Join Travel with Unity 2020 for a transformational trip to Rome and the Amalfi Coast, March 26th to April 4th, and explore the culture, myths, and spiritual significance of Southern Italy. You'll experience the history of the ancient ruins of Pompeii, visit the Vatican, and spend time on the beautiful Amalfi Coast during this 10-day tour. Just 40 seats are available and space is limited, so reserve your trip before September 15th. Go to unity.org travel for more information today. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore and other legendary Unity teachers with Reverend Bob Brock and Unity Classic Radio. Every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central, Bob shares original radio transcripts from the Unity archives with truth students worldwide. Explore these timeless teachings and learn how to apply them to your life today. Listen live or on demand. You can also connect with Reverend Bob on his Unity in Action Facebook page. Tune in every Tuesday here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. We're back with Everyday Peace. And of course, we're talking to, to Guy Finley international renowned author. We're talking about his book today, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together. And we, before the commercial break, we were talking about how do we deal with the thing that has been brought to life that's inside of us, the stumbling block that's inside of us. Somebody else in our relationship shined the spotlight on it for us, but we see it and we need to get over it. And you were giving us the example about working out and how the physical body, you know, things, the things that we would do, we do not. Right. So how do we do that? How do, how do we get to the point where I see this in myself? 
and I'm going to well, deal with it. Yes, the first point of the exercise part is that we know it's good for us to exercise. Our body doesn't know it. It only goes along because the authority of the mind over the body will get it to go when it doesn't want to go, and then it'll say, oh, thanks, I'm glad that you did that. We have a part of us that we don't know resists revelation. It does not want the very healing it says it does, and we can prove this to ourselves. If you pick up a, a scalding pot, Drayvon, do you need to think to yourself, good grief, what have I done? I better put this down because it's going to hurt me. Or does the intelligence of the body drop what's burning it on the spot? It drops it on the spot. We have a spiritual intelligence that if it were allowed to be present without interruption, would know that when we get involved in a painful thought or feeling about someone, that it would drop it on the spot because it's hurting us. Here's an example. I go to meet my mother, my brother. I have a dinner date with an old friend. Something happens in the middle of the conversation. And without understanding why, they bring up something that hurts me. Now, we all know what it means to have our button pushed, the trigger thrown, and instantaneously up in me comes a negative reaction. Listeners, please write this down. We cannot get negative toward anyone or anything without first resisting the condition. Our resistance to the moment comes before our anger or hatred toward it. This means that the resolution to the moment rests within our own consciousness, not in getting someone else to agree that we're right to be angry. So when we are armed with this knowledge, I cannot be negative, angry, or resentful without something in me from the past coloring this moment. And if, in fact, the color that I don't want in this moment is because of something in me coloring it that way, then where does the real responsibility lie in that moment to be released from it? With getting my partner to apologize or compromise? Or with me seeing I came into this moment with a character in my consciousness not only I didn't know about, but by the grace of God has been revealed by the very moment I want to push away. Then we have a chance, Drayvon, to change ourselves from the inside out using the unwanted moment to be released from an unconsciousness that doesn't know anything about itself, but now that we do. So it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but it sounds to me, and I want to stay with that example at the dinner table, and someone said something that's triggered me. My spiritual intelligence would be stay in the moment without judgment, without condemnation, without blame. Yes, but... And, and just... Go ahead, please. And, and just sort of flow and watch myself, just become the observer of me. Yes, I'm going to hold the whole of the moment 
in my mind and heart. Not just the part that a part of me wants to see as the problem. So I sit in the moment as a patient observer of my own reaction and experience that content of that consciousness that has always hidden itself by blaming someone for the conflict that is inherent in it. You want to hear something that I think is one of the most beautiful things in the world and really at the heart of what do I do in this moment when my partner pushes the button and we get caught in that pattern of blaming each other. Yes, I do. Yes. The original meaning of the word patience, I mean long, long ago, is to suffer myself. That's why St. Paul said, in, 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 in thy patience possess ye your soul. When I can understand that the pain in the moment, that the fact of it is real, but the why is a lie, that it is a byproduct of something from my past comparing the moment to a preference that can never be fulfilled, because I can't make everybody do what I want them to do, then in that moment, I have to patiently observe the whole of my reaction in order to recognize, you know what? Not only is this thing hurting me, but it wants to lash out and hurt you. I am not going to hurt you inwardly. If I'm capable of it, I'm going to say, thank you, I didn't know that about myself, but now I do, and I'm going to let what has been concealed be healed by this revelation only the light can bring about. I love that. Now, i got to ask this question. It's very simplistic, but I'm a simple kind of girl. In that moment, In that moment, you're sitting at that dinner table. That button gets pushed. You know, you start to get hot under the collar. And you're able to you're able to start observing yourself. That, by the way, takes practice. I tell you, I've been working on that for years. Oh, yeah. and I know that there's there's no perfection in this journey. There's 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 just better and better. But you start observing yourself. You see what's going on, you know. And your your party, the other people that are there, you know, they're jabbing away. What does it physically look like? Do you physically say it? <laughs> Let me back up a moment, because I am the kind of person that I like to keep a few extra tools in my toolbox. And yeah. so wh- one of the things that I used to say when I first started practicing this, becoming the observer of me, and I get in those tight situations, I would say this. Hmm, I could see how you would see it that way. Right. And that would give me a moment to kind of gather myself because I needed some kind of grounding and foundation to stand on because I didn't want to feel like, well, she's just a doormat. She'll just take any old thing. And I didn't want to sound aggressive like, oh, she can't take any criticism. And sometimes, quite honestly, I may or may not agree with it, but I thought, well, here's a nice little uh, neutral spot. But what does it look like? What, From what you're saying, what does this look like in, at this dinner party and at this table? And you're getting hot under the collar and you want to be the observer and you're getting triggered, but you want to yeah. stay conscious. What do you do? You say this, um, you know, thank gonna, you. I didn't gonna, see that about myself. Well, look, th- that's um, how do I say that's that's pretty advanced because when 
someone pushes our button, it's connected to something that's already spring-loaded. Let's admit it. And out yes. pops, uh, you know, what wants to pop out, as it's always done. So let's add a little bit of more self-knowledge. That's what we have to have. Christ called it metanoia, the beginning of a new mind based in a new understanding from self-knowledge. Not knowledge I read in the book, heard in a sermon, but that I discovered through my own work. When I get mad at someone, upset with someone, is it because I feel good and happy, or am I in pain when I push someone else's button? Yeah, you're in pain. I'm in pain. I don't push somebody's button until I'm in pain. Can I understand that about my partner? They wouldn't right. push people. my. They wouldn't push back. They wouldn't be trying to uh, say what they're saying unless they were in pain. And by the grace of God, we can start to understand this is extraordinary. Why is my pain more important than my partner's? Because that's exactly what's going on when we push back. Something in us believes that we're the only one that suffers, that our partner isn't in pain, and all they're interested in doing is making us suffer. That's not true. Our partner is suffering. Anyone we know is who is hurting us is suffering before they do it. If we just understood a little bit of that, it might create a willingness to come to a, a pause, not where we are trying to find some rationalization to release us from our own pain, but a new understanding about how to see that consciousness in a broader context. So, here's a special exercise. I call it Stop, Drop, and Endure. Shall we go through it? Yes, please. Stop, Drop, and Endure. One, I have to believe that everyone who's listening to us has some resonation with what we're saying. We know it. We don't want to pop off. We want to wake up. So when we go into these moments, some of which we know ahead of time, <laughs> you know, we're going to go into this meeting with our supervisor or with an employee. We've got to talk to mom or dad or a sibling. And from the past, we know there's a pattern. They bring up something from the past, or we do. And the next thing we know, we're not even talking about what's important. We're just trying to prove ourselves. So the new intention is, I don't want to prove I'm right. I want to discover what is revealed in this moment. And if I do, the first step when the button gets pushed is come to a dead stop. That means my sole purpose in this moment where I feel the stress, the resistance coming up in me, my sole purpose is to not allow one thought or one feeling to interfere with the observation of the whole of the moment, including the whole of myself. Literally come to a stop. Do you remember when you were a kid, Draven, and you heard a noise in your room that you didn't know what it was? That dead yes. stop was every part of you listening, sensing everything that was unfolding. That's what I mean by stop. A complete awareness of everything in going on in me and around me in the moment. Now, if I come to that dead stop, the drop part means now that I'm sitting here 
fully observant, not pushing anything away, nor judging anything in myself, I'm going to now start seeing, my God, I never knew how quickly something in me wants to blame or justify this negativity that's come up in me. I always thought that blaming the person, somehow pushing the problem away, was the solution. But now I see something in me is trying to protect something that's unhealed, that's concealed. So I'm going to drop every thought, every feeling, every justification, explanation that wants to come in and listen to this and justify the negativity that has suddenly appeared in my psychic system. Does the light justify what is dark? Does love justify hatred? Or does light and love dismiss what is dark and hateful? We know the answer. Yeah. So we're going to let light and love do the work that we have been unable to do for ourselves. We're going to stay awake to what has become suddenly active in us. And the last part of stop, drop, and endure, and I know you now know what I mean by endure. Endure means I'm going to patiently observe everything that's appearing in me. And rather than identifying up, down, left, right, right, wrong. I'm going to be part of this light that maketh the sun to shine on good and evil alike. I'm going to observe this mechanical part of my nature until the light that lets me observe it releases me from all forms of identification with it. And it will because all negative states are mechanical in nature. They have no life of their own. They just go on because we unknowingly get caught up in resisting their appearance. If we stop resisting the revelation, the healing inherent in it takes place and we're released from a false identity. And literally, Drayvon, the me who went into that moment is not the same me that comes out of it. I literally have a new understanding and a new sense of self that, as you said, has been enhanced, enlarged, brought into something much more wise and beautiful. That was a marvelous exercise. And for every listener on here, if you follow me in the mornings when I do my Instagram lives and my Facebook lives, Stop, Drop, and Endure will be our conversation tomorrow morning. I just want to reinforce what we're getting here. We have to practice this. This Life is a practice. Read the book. You'll get that at the the last chapter. We have to practice these tools. We don't want it just to be an exercise that we get here today. We want to enhance this journey called life. This is a beautiful journey. And every relationship, every relationship holds a special place in the journey. Wouldn't you say that, Guy? Every relationship is part of it. It's a stepping stone. Every relationship here, listen, so many of us feel powerless in the face of a problem relationship. We are never powerless. We just don't know what real power is yet. This is what we're talking about. The power of love is the power of revelation, integration, realization, and unification. That's the power of love, and it's never not present. It's just that we disappear 
to its healing when we get caught up in this machination of trying to prove that who we think we are is who we are. It is not. Yes, who we think we are. Right, absolutely. And that, one, that leads me to my next question. So we're talking about what, what's going on in this relationship when there's this conflict and this other individual shines a light on me. We're, we're in phase two or step two. You're bringing out the rest of me. I like how you say that so positive. <laughs> You're bringing out the rest of me. And you've done it. You've done this to me. I, I, I'm, I stand, you know, I got, I'm wagging my finger. I feel like I've been victimized by you. It's so difficult not to hold angst against the person who brought the problem or the situation to my awareness. I acknowledge that it's me. I need to get better in this way, but you made me feel this way. How do we, how do we get rid of that blaming and not holding this angst against the person who we say, you know, you did this to me. You wronged me. And yes, our new awareness being present to the whole of the moment means being present to everything in us that wants to point the finger away from us. That awareness will show us, you did not make me feel this way. You showed me a feeling I'm carrying around I didn't know I was carrying around. Thank you. Christ said, love thine enemies. How is that possible unless we begin to understand that our perception of an enemy is the product of an unconscious mind that wants to keep us having enemies. When we see that our enemy doesn't exist because everyone is our partner in revelation, we're released from the whole idea of having anyone to hate or resent. Not that people don't do horrible, cruel things. They do. But why would I... Listen... Permitting your life to be taken over by another person is like letting the waiter eat your dinner. We don't do it because we see you are not the one who's making me feel this way. Rather, I'm going to eventually, not right away, I'm going to see you didn't create the disturbance you you showed me. I came into the room with it just waiting to pop out. Now I can begin to do the real work that relationships are helping me discover. Oh, my goodness. So I want to say that so that Drayvon never forgets it. And for people who are like her, who are listening, never forget it. It's like you have exposed that there's a robber behind the door in my life. And this robber is there in the dark and you expose it. You came in and you said, Drayvon. There's some something inside of you that is holding you back. It's robbing yeah, you of your next say, level. They may not they may not say it like that. They may say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're the most you're the most selfish, self centered person I ever met. Why are you so angry? What why are you so impatient? They are actually mm-hmm. saying to you without you knowing it, it and I do mean this. They're a secret agent of love. I actually write that yes. in the book. They are a secret agent of love. We just can't see it yet, but that's what it is you're saying. They have come to say, you know what, Drayvon, Uh, I'm working on the behalf of something I don't even know I'm working on the behalf of, but here's what I see. I'm sorry I'm blaming you for it. I wouldn't if I could do other, but now, will you look at this and you go, okay, I'll do the best I can. 
because I know there's truth in it or I wouldn't resist it. Right. And so you you don't have the words for it because you don't even know. You, you're a secret agent of love to you, too. You don't know what your mission is here. Right. You just accepted it in my, in my life. Right. But the, but if I, but I could get over blaming you because I would say, you know what, if it weren't for you breaking my heart or you doing this to me, I would have never realized that I suffer from codependence or I yeah. suffer from severe loneliness or I suffer yeah. from a lack of, of, of self-love and self-attention. Those things are important in my journey. And I'm just using fictitious stuff, guys. <laughs> Sit down there right now, all these things down. But these things, you know, these things are so important and they can block us from having a truly joyous life. So we got to be thankful for the people who make us turn inward and look at self. And, and this is without, let me say this is so important for me and my journey. And for I know a lot of people who listen, this is without. You do not want to develop a, a, a pattern of uh, blame, shame, and condemnation. Even turn towards yourself. This is to get better, not to sit there and say, oh, uh, look how stupid I am or how many times I have to learn that lesson. You keep going through the lesson until you learn it. Who says to a child when the baby's just learning to walk, oh, you've fallen three times, that's it, wheelchair fit for life. No. You say, okay, let's get up and we'll try it again. That's exactly 100% right. That's the oh, whole we, of the, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 I want to hear it. That's the whole of... That's the, that's the whole of the story, is that we are here on this planet to discover what has given us this life as an act of love so that through the relationships that love brings to us, we can make this endless journey back to the whole of what we are that cannot hurt ourselves or anyone else. When we judge ourselves, it seems like it proves we are smarter than the idiot in us we're judging. No, when we judge ourselves, we are the action of something that judges itself to hide itself from view. We want to leave it in the open, just as any wound must be left into the air so that it can heal, so must these parts of ourselves be brought into the light continually so that the healing can take place that only this light can produce. Oh, it's all about that healing. Listen, we only have about four minutes, and this question came up a lot in my survey of people about our conversation today, and yeah. it has to do with the divorce rate. About about 50% of the marriages that enter into a union in this country end up in divorce, a little bit under 50%. Do you believe that if we practice the, what you're teaching in this wonderful book, in this wonderful tool, if we practice that, there'd be more reconciliation with marriages? There's no question about it. I just want to reiterate this, and then I, if I may, I want to give uh, information where people can get more information about this that we're talking about. Yes, of that course. Our, our relationships are intended to be refreshed every single day. But we look to our partner to be the refreshing agent. We must be the one who change inwardly so that our outward relationships can begin to reflect the new understanding that we are the embodiment of. And if we change in the smallest measure, by law, the relationship itself changes. Our partner will have something new to see and respond to and in turn, it will give us something new to see and respond to. It's vital that we begin this process. 
to which I say, my foundation has put together a very special package, Draven. The book, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, comes with a free download of the audio book that I read, a three-hour webinar, and a free 60-minute MP3 on the higher aspects of love, all for the same price of the book, which is discounted better than any other online store. And if you go to relationshipmagicbook.com, one word, relationshipmagicbook.com, you can learn all about this book and the gifts that come with it. You said it before, I strengthen it. We must act on this knowledge. We must take the learning and turn it into something that literally turns us around, and it will. Relationshipmagicbook.com. If you don't want to buy it from the foundation, get it anywhere and go back and uh, give the receipt number, and you'll get the gifts. Also, of course, you can just go to Guy Finley, G-U-I-F-I-N-L-E-Y.org, and you can get all the free information there and on the social sites accordingly. That's it. So that, so oh, this was a wonderful show. I hope you guys are encouraged as I am about your next relationship, your current relationship, about your life. A big thank you to Guy Finley for being here today. And until next time, I want to thank you so much for showing up as an everyday peacemaker. I absolutely love you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.